Well, good morning, City Church family. If you would stand up on your feet and join us this morning. We are here. We are here to worship our Lord, to pour out our heart and ask him this morning, Lord, what do you want to do? So if you would join with us, whether you sing or whether you don't sing, he wants to hear it. So let's make a joyful noise this morning. Spirit of the Lord is there is free. 
this season. Oh, lift my voice. No matter what the trial, the complication, the circumstance, God, the messiness of life, I will lift my voice and not allow the enemy to silence what you put within me. This morning we lift our hearts to you.
Lord, we celebrate your presence in this house today. Just close your eyes and soak it in. Glory to God. Thank you for breakthrough, Father. We sense it. It's on the horizon of our life. It is on the horizon of our life. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Just like a huge storm can begin by a small cloud. Father, we discern maybe the smallness of what you might be doing, but behind that is a huge move of who you are in our life. We get bits and pieces of it, little fragments of it when we're in your presence. But, Lord, it's just a confirmation into our hearts and our lives that you are moving on our behalf. You are breaking through on our behalf. You are the God of breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. And I speak that over every person that calls City Church home, Lord. The breakthrough belongs to us because we're your people. It belongs to us. We press in. We, we press closer, Lord. Glory to God. I say glory to God. Say glory to God. Come on, lift up your voice. Glory to God in the highest. For you are worthy to be praised. God is good. Greatness is our God. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't know what you're going through, but breakthrough's on the way. Just keep praying. Some of us in here this morning, you got a sense that God wanted to do something and has a plan for you in the area of breakthrough. And you heard him say this, you need to spend more time fasting and praying. If you would just spend some time fasting and praying, you're going to get the breakthrough. I don't know what it might be. Maybe it's a personal thing on the inside of your relationship with God that just seems to be stalled out. Maybe it's something in your marriage, your finances, life in general. You just need a breakthrough, and the Spirit of the Lord is saying, spend time fasting and praying until you get it. Don't quit. Spend time fasting and praying until you Father, we receive your word today. Glory to God. That bears witness with you. This wants you just to receive it. It's in your presence, Lord. 
changes presence. We change your presence. That we sense the wisdom and direction of God. We receive the strength of God to go out and to do what we sense in His presence. Church is not church is not just us coming together so we can do some stuff and then go about our life. But today is a day we get into His presence. We hear what He says. We recommit our hearts and our lives to Him, fresh and new, so that when we leave, we're ready to take on the world. We're ready to go out and live in victory. Are you with me this morning? That's what church is about. In His presence, I want us to sing that song. And as we worship him in that with that song, I just want you just to, just on the inside, I just want you to make a fresh new commitment to how much value you place on the presence of God in your life. Not just in church, but outside these walls. Let's sing that and let's make a fresh commitment to his presence this morning.
Some of us, if we worship it and seek it the Lord, we'll feel a breakthrough. On the inside, right inside here where your spirit is, on the inside you sense that there's a tightness, that there's just something on the inside. You sense the presence of God, but at the same time, there's there's like this tightness, there's like this, it's just I can't really put my finger on it, but it's just on the inside of you. You're wondering what that is. I'm telling you what that is. That's the discerning of the wall that is standing between you and what God wants to do. Are you with me this morning? You sensing it on the inside. See, everything that's going on on the outside that God wants to do on the outside, it starts on the inside. So if you sense something in your spirit, in your heart, a tightness or just a a burden or just, just something... To me, it's to me, it, it, it's it's like it's like this. It's just hard to explain, but it's just something. Are you are you with me? It's just something in the on the inside. It's, it's what you're dealing with. It's, it's what God wants you to pray your way through. And so you know you have victory when that thing when that thing dissolves, and you have joy and you have peace and you have you have. You have a, a, a substitute of who God is for what that. Are you with me this morning? Come on. This is our spiritual journey, and, the, and, and we discern internally. So if you've got that on the inside, the breakthrough that you need in your life will be when that thing gets replaced with the joy and the peace and the, and the knowledge. Man, I got it. Glory to God, I've got it. Glory to God, I've got it. It's on, it I've got I know inside. I've got it in Jesus' name. And you, you can sense, you can sense in worship, you can sense that your praise and your worship and your praying in the spirit and everything else that you're doing, the speaking of the word, it, it's, help me, Lord. It's, it's, um, it's like it's not really connected to that thing and that thing's in the way. That's because that's what's in the way. Are you following me this morning? 
just stand your ground and keep praying and keep believing and keep worshiping. And when that thing inside of you gets dissolved, the victory will begin to show up in the natural realm. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Say it with me. Glory to God in the highest. We have the victory. Glory to God. Just keep walking around the walls. They're going to fall. Just keep walking around the walls and speaking the word and worshiping and declaring the goodness of God over your life. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. 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 Thank you, Father. That's what spiritual warfare is all about. That's what spiritual warfare is all about. Just standing your ground is all about. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray for every person that calls to the church home. I speak blessing over their life. Father, give us grace and courage and strength to continue to stand, but not just to stand, but to know by faith we're moving forward in all that God has for us. There are breakthroughs coming in the name of Jesus spiritually, relationally, financially, in marriages, in life in general. Thank you, Father. Some of the things that you're dealing with, the, 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 the change that you need in your life is in the hands of other people. They're the ones, they're the ones that are that are making decisions concerning your life. The Bible says this that the heart of a king is in the hands of the Lord and he turns it ever so which way he desires. What does that mean? It means that there are kings in your life that are making decisions that affect you and you need them to make the right decisions. You need them to get on the ball in the name of Jesus. Father, direct their hearts to make right decisions for your people at City Church in the name of Jesus. Direct their hearts to make right decisions, Father, for your people. Lord, I speak blessing over every person here, young and old alike. We celebrate the goodness of God today and thank you for what you're doing in our midst as your people. I want to pray about a couple of things here. I want you to join with me. Many of you probably know Joe's mom went home to be with the Lord this week. We need to pray for Joe and his family. I also want us to pray that the power of God would give those in charge of this coronavirus discovery solution that God would help them make, give them the wisdom to discover the, the, the cure for this thing. Are you with me? How I many know that's of the devil? Amen. So we need to just pray and believe that God would give give the medical community a breakthrough in that area and not only that, protect his people from it. So Father, in the name of Jesus, lift your hands with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up Joe and his family. We speak peace and comfort to them, Father. Thank you for being with them during this time, Lord. And just let them sense your presence. Thank you for meeting every need of their life, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, financially, Lord, during this time. And we speak blessing and peace over them. Father, this worldwide epidemic of the coronavirus, Lord, I just, first of all, I just plead the blood of Jesus over God's people. 
I plead the blood of Jesus over the people of God. Thank you for protecting us. We have no fear. We walk in wisdom, but we're not afraid in Jesus' name. We lift up the medical community, Father, that is in search of a cure to stop this thing. And we just pray that the wisdom of God, in the name of Jesus, very rapidly, very quickly, would bring this thing to us to a halt, would stop this thing in its tracks in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we just join our prayers with the rest of the body of Christ worldwide that are praying. God, intervene and stop this thing in Jesus' name. Father, we love you today at City Church. We love you for who you are, and we're thankful for all you're doing. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, give the Lord a big hand clap this morning, guys. Amen. God is good, right? Amen. Before you're seated, why don't you walk around, give somebody a high five. Welcome them to the house of the Lord today. God bless. Here's what's going on this week at City Church. Don't forget city groups are going on now. Visit the table in the foyer to find one near you. If you're interested in going to the Haiti Missions Trip, there's an information meeting Sunday, February 23rd. West of 50 group is going to the Pika Alpaca Range, Saturday, February 22nd. For more information, visit the Welcome Center. If you're new to City Church, we'd like to ask you to fill out the Start Here card, located in the seat pocket of the chair next to you or in front of you. We are City Church. Amen. Give the Lord and the band and the worship team a big clap this morning. We appreciate these guys, right? Glory to God. I'm glad you're saved. Amen. Are you glad your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life?
that the hand of God is upon our life. Amen? That we've got the greater one living on the inside. Remember, think about it, the one who spoke the world into existence lives on the inside of us. Glory to God. Close your eyes. Father, we just continue to pursue the truth of who you are in our life. Let it resonate in us even deeper today than it was before we got here. Help us to understand, Father. Open our eyes to the truth of who you are in a deeper level, to the truth of what you're doing in our life. Father, we'll yield to it. We'll obey it. We'll follow it. Give the Lord a big hand clap this morning one more time. Amen. Praise God. How many are ready to honor the Lord with your tithing offering? I know you are because we get excited about that around here. Amen. If you haven't already gotten an offering envelope, Go ahead and grab one. There's one right there in front of you or to the right or the left of, of where you're sitting. And as we're getting ready to honor the Lord, all of our first and second time guests, we just want to welcome you here to City Church. Come on, go ahead. Go, you can go ahead and pause on that and give it, give them a hand clap. Thank you for being here. There's a little card there in front of you. If you don't mind, fill that out with as much information as you're comfortable with. And as soon as the service is over, if you'll take it out to our information desk, we would love to just honor you with a gift just as a thank you for coming and being a part of the service. So right now we're honoring the Lord with our tithe and offering. So if you're a guest, don't be intimidated by this. We don't want your money. We want City Church family's money. Amen. Amen. If you want to honor the Lord in this, you can. But thank you, City Church, for your faithfulness and your commitment to the Lord. Thank you for believing God that when he says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that I will bless it and multiply it and honor it back into you. How many know he says that to us? Amen. So as we honor the Lord today with our tithe and offering, City Church, just give by faith, worship the Lord. Let it be another extension of, of your, your appreciation for all that God is doing in your life and in our life here as a family. And just know that at the same time, but as you sow the seed, he's bringing a harvest back. Amen that the blessing of God is moving in your direction. So, Father, we honor you today. We honor you with the tithe. We honor you with the offering, Lord. And, Father, as we sow seed in the city church and the vision and the mission of, of reaching our families, our neighbors, our city, our world, Lord, thank you for just bringing your blessings back into our life so that we can even be a greater blessing. Lord, we receive that this morning, and we worship you with this tithe and offering. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you, City Church. I'll be right back.
Give the Lord another big hand clap this morning. Thank you, Melba. I received this note a while ago. You know, God speaks to us during worship, right? <clears throat> Melba just sent me this note that says, the Lord says, this is a healing place. I'm going to receive that. Amen. God is a healing God. Every single one of us have areas of our life we need healing. Amen. All of us do. In some areas, some of it may, you know, may be bigger than others, but some smaller than others, but every one of us have areas. That's really and truly, that's what... That's what our journey in Christianity is all about, is God just healing us from the nonsense of the world that we picked up before we came into the kingdom of God and bringing health and healing and strength to us. So just, you know, based upon that word, here's just every time you come here, just, just get ready to receive your healing. Take another step. Take another step. Amen? Close your eyes. Father, thank you for the healing power of God. Thank you for who you are. You are a healer, Lord, spiritually. You're a healer relationally. You heal our finances. You heal our mind. You heal our bodies. You, heal, you are the healer. So, Lord, just let that resonate in all of our hearts and all of our minds that that is your will for our life, to be healed and to be whole. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the strangest conversations Jesus had with people along the lines of healing is when he walked up to a blind man and said, what do you want from me? You would think that he would have known. Obviously he did. But the reality is, and why, God, why Jesus said to the blind man, what do you want from me, is because he wanted that individual to bring that need to him in communication. Are you following me? And not only that, he wanted to know to make sure that that person wanted and was ready to be healed. How many know sometimes we're not ready to be healed? Because <laughs> we like to stay in our misery, right? We like to stay in our discomfort. We can protect ourselves, but you know what? Don't let the devil keep you there. Don't let the devil keep you there. Let, let, let God bring health and healing. And the reality is sometimes that can be scary because we don't, we don't know what that's all about and how it's going to affect our life. Are you with me this morning? Let God heal you. Be ready and will, willing for God to move in your heart to set you free and bring healing to you. How many know it's his will? You know, just on the flip side of that, one of the most profound healings in all of Scripture, and I'm going to get to the message in just a little bit. Melba, you messed me up here this morning. Is when they brought Jesus out of the, the, the garden where he'd been there praying with his disciples and um, the, the kind of the famous speech when he said, you know, you could, have, you could have been praying with me and all that kind of stuff, and they had been sleeping. But when they brought him out, uh, a, a guy by the name of Malchus who was sent on behalf of the government to get Jesus to take him to crucify him. He gets there, uh, and he brings all these people with him, all the military people with him, and Peter jumps out in front in between Malchus and Jesus to stop them from coming to get Jesus, and he pulls a sword out, and he cuts the guy's ear off. Now, get a picture of this. This is the guy that is coming to 
get Jesus to arrest him and take him so he can be put to death. And if we would have been Jesus, we would have said, dude, serves you right. You mess with me, you mess with my boys, right? <laughs> and that's what you get, but he didn't. You know what he did? He reached down, he picked the ear up, and he stuck it back on his head. Now I'm thinking he probably did it like that, but... <laughs> But the reality is, here's my point. If Jesus is ready and willing to heal somebody who was coming to take him to put him to death, how much more is he ready and willing to heal you and I? That's my point. So whatever you need, if, you're not, if you really kind of like hanging out in the misery, I just encourage you to take it to the Lord and say, God, I like this misery, but I know it's not good. He'll meet you right where you are. How about this one? God, I'm really mad and I don't want you to heal me because I like staying mad. Come on now. We all deal with that stuff. It's a part of our life. But let God heal you. We got lots to talk about. Let's go. Go ahead and get your notes out. Did I say good morning to you? Well, good morning, City Church. This is a great day. Uh, you know, I had, let me drop this down. If you haven't got your notes out, go ahead and get them down. Get them ready. No, this is going down. You're getting ready. Uh, so before we get into the message today, just real quick. Um, in two weeks, we start our series called Out of the Book of Ephesians. I'm super excited about this. I'm going to try to do this twice this year. Take us through a whole book of the Bible. I mean, that sounds like fun. Amen. So we're going to talk about how to study the Bible in this. We're just going to let God speak to us. We're going to take six weeks, and each week we're going to look at a chapter of the book of Ephesians because each chapter is actually speaks something very relevant and something very different to our life. But when you put all six chapters together, there's, there's this amazing plan of God for all of us. So we're going to be taking six weeks to go through that. We're going to start that in two weeks. And also, don't forget, city groups, if you're not in a group, I encourage you to get in a group. Um, lots of amazing things have been happening. And I just, you know, just we were talking, we were talking yesterday here that, that um, and I've heard this from so many other people, that they were skeptical about city groups. They were skeptical about that because they really liked coming and being a part of the Wednesday night service. But when they, they kind of got over the, the, their personal disappointment for the Wednesday night service not, not going on and changing the city group, they found out when they got into city groups, that's better than Wednesday night service. Amen. It is whether you like it. That, that, was, that was truth, whether you liked it or not. Amen. You get closer, you develop relationships, you can dive into the Word at a greater level than we have time for here. And if you're not familiar with the, the format, really what it is, is it's taking the Sunday morning message, going to the city group and taking what we're talking about this morning and diving deeper into it, making it more applicable to your life. And going, you know, Pastor Rusty said this Sunday, what does it mean to you? How are you applying it to your life? And so it speaks volumes to us. It makes it very personal. So don't forget, we are all about rows on Sunday and circles during the week, right? So we got a lot of great things going on. So get in a group. Got your notes out? We're in part four of our series, Fully Alive. This is the last part uh, of this series. I hope you've enjoyed it. We've actually uh, looked at John chapter 10 from so many different directions. We're going to do that again today um, and let God speak to us another truth out of John chapter 10. But we've been talking about the fact that God, Jesus came 
to provide a fully alive life for all of us to live. Amen? He said it like this. Let's just go in because we got a lot to talk about. He said it like this. He said, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. So if anything is stealing from you, anything that is destroying, anything that is, is taking life from you, messing things up, it is the purpose of the enemy. That's why he comes. But Jesus said in direct contrast, and if you study Scripture, you'll see that multiple times through Scripture, Jesus talks about what the devil is doing, and then right after he talks about that, he lays right beside that what he's doing so that we can see the difference between the two. He says it here, but I have come that they may have life, and you may have it to the full. That this is the life that God has for all of us. We've talked about the fact that when you see this passage and we know this verse and how powerful it is, that this verse within itself does not give us the ability to live this full life. All it does is tell us that this is God's will. That in order to discover the full life and how to live it, that this verse is giving and providing for us, you have to look at the verses above it and the verses below it to find out how that full life is connected to. And we've said to you, and how many like our little thing here? Amen. This is simple, but it just keeps us. Remember that sheep, I, I want that, that sheep and shepherd? I want you to just remember that this full life right here is all about the shepherd and the sheep connection. It's about the relationship that you, as God's sheep, have with Jesus, your shepherd. That's where the fully alive life is found. And we've talked about in, ver- in, in the first chapter, we talked about, in the first message, we talked about the closer, the better. Right? The closer, the better. Remember our, our sheep on acid? Now, this is the one that got washed. This is, this is before Christ, all messed up. This is after he's been washed in the blood. Hey, there we go. All right? Some of us used to look like that, now we look like that. But really, the closer, the better. The closer, the better. And the main thought was this. And I've said this to you, that closeness brings life, right? And distance brings danger. The bigger the gap between who we are and how we're living and how our shepherd wants us to live creates danger in our life. Jesus, the Bible talks about Peter following Jesus from a distance. And in that, in that distance, he made a lot of mistakes, so we just had to stay close. We talked about that in, in, the, in the first message. In, in the second message, we talked about the fact that Jesus is the shepherd of the valley, that he wants to lead you through the valley. Many of us are trying to get out of the valley. No, let him lead you through the valley. Everybody say through. Through the valley. And if you let him lead you through it, you'll come out stronger, better, and more blessed than you were than you came in. Last week, we talked about that the relationship with the shepherd is a personal one. And he wants a one-on-one relationship with you. We're going to get into the notes here in just a second. But I, that we boil this entire thing down into this right here. That our relationship with our shepherd will determine, without a doubt, what level of life, what level we live our life at. So the fully alive life is all connected to the shepherd-sheep relationship. So as we wrap this up today, I'm, I'm the most excited about this message today. I really want you to get a hold of something because I'm going to put you on a journey today that's going to change your life. This is the most amazing privilege that you and I have as God's people. It's powerful. It can impact and change your life if we incorporate it into how we live and how we operate. And that is your shepherd wants to speak to you. He wants 
to speak to you. He wants to have communication. He wants to talk to you, and he wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to hear his voice. This is one of the truths that overwhelms God's word. In the book of Genesis, he starts out with, and God said. He's a talking God. All the way through the book of Revelations, when it says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And in between those two statements is all about God wanting to speak God wanting us to listen. There are so many different times in the Old Testament when he would cry out by the prophets, oh, that if you just would have heard my voice. Oh, that if you just would have listened to me. It's a cry of a father who wants to speak to his children, and he wants his children to hear what he has to say. So in your notes of title part four of this message, very simply, the voice of the good shepherd. The voice of the good shepherd. Everybody say this after me. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. In talking about this aspect of the sheep-shepherd relationship, Jesus says this in the first five verses, and we've looked at this from three other different directions. We're going to look at it from a different direction this morning. Look at what he says. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. Why? For they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Let's pray. Father, once again, we just come to you this morning as we open up your word and just ask you to speak to us, ask you to teach us something today. Help us to leave better than we came. Because our knowledge has grown. Our capacity to walk with you has been expanded. Start us on a journey today, Father. Every one of us are at a different place in this area. Help us just to continue to grow in the things of God in relationship to you speaking to us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. The most important thing in your life, and this is what I want you to leave with today, with this thought, that the most important thing in your life and your future is not your background, It's not how much education you have. It's not how much money you have or you don't have. It's not your race. It's not your political persuasion. It's not the opinions that other people have about you. The most important aspect of your Christian life is you and I being able to hear the voice of God. Is being able to hear the voice of God. It is you and I being able to discern the voice of God speaking to us in our lives in the middle. Everybody say the middle. In the middle of the voice of the world around us. In the middle of the voice of Satan speaking to us. In the middle of of your life experiences that are speaking to you. the, The giants in your life that are talking to you. Goliath spoke to David to try to discourage him, but he didn't listen to Goliath's voice because that was a stranger's voice. In the middle of your own voice, 
how you feel, your emotional status, whatever it might be, the voice of others. For you and I, the most important thing about our Christian life is being able to discern the voice of our shepherd in the middle of all of those other voices. And I want you to walk out of here believing and in pursuit of the truth that that is the most important part of our Christian life. How many know that everything in our life could be solved much quicker if we would just hear and obey the voice of God? And I want you to leave out of here with the tools to be able to do that. Because it really is the key to living a full life, the abundant life that God has for us. So as we dive in this, let me just kind of lay some foundation, some thinking before we dive deep into this. We all know that God's number one primary way that he speaks to his people is how? Through his word. Through his word. That every time you open up the Bible and you read, that is God talking to you. That is God speaking to you directly into your life. You don't have to pray about what he says in here. If he says it's just like he's sitting down talking to you. He's speaking to you. It's his personal message to you. Remember we talked about the apple of the eye. It's God talking to you when you read his word. But God speaks to us on several other different levels too. God can speak to you through dreams. God can speak to you through visions. I've had both of those. Many of you have as well. God can speak to you through other people through encouragement, or sometimes God will give you direction from, from other people that, that uh, confirm something that he's already talking to. I remember, you know, just years ago before Stacy and I went to Bible college that the Lord spoke to me and, and by his spirit in my heart after we left church service one Sunday, and, and he said to me, you're headed to Bible school. And that was very not confusing to me. I had peace about it, but I didn't understand any of that. And we had good jobs and things were going all, you know, well for us in our life. We hadn't been married that long. And God spoke and said, you're going to Bible school. We got back to church that next Sunday. Uh, yeah, that, or actually that Sunday night. How many remember when we used to have Sunday night service? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, some of y'all, that's foreign to y'all. Y'all didn't even know we used to have church. Sunday night a long time ago used to be the night. It used to be the church service. That's, that's, that's another era. Uh, and uh, we got there, and God pulled Stacy and up uh, out, of, out of the congregation. And he said, the Lord spoke to you this morning when you left. And he said, he didn't know I was talking, what, he didn't know about this. He said, you're going to Bible school. That was a confirmation of what I already had in my heart. So it's important for us to understand that God can speak to us. This morning what I want to do is I want to lean very heavily uh, in the area of God not, God not speaking directly to us through his word, because I think we know that. I want, to, I want to talk to you about God speaking to you by his spirit in you. How many know the spirit of God in, is in you? He dwells in you. And so if he's in you, that's where he's going to speak to you. But here's what we need to realize, that anytime you get dreams or visions or somebody comes along and says to you, thus saith the Lord, Remember, have anybody say that to you, right? That God speaks to you and you're like, really? No. <laughs> it always lines up with the word. It will always, always, always line up with the, the nature of God, the character of God, the principles of God. When you get something outside of the direct word that God's speaking to you off the pages. Sometimes you hear people say things and you know you're, it's right on track. And it's like, yeah, man, that, you know, that lines up with the word, with his character, with his principle. And you hear somebody say, you know, the Lord told me this. And you're like, man, that's not God. That's the pizza you ate last night. <laughs> right? I think God's up there scratching his head like, when did I say that? But we do need to teach it and uh, ha handle it in honor and respect because if God's speaking to you, you need to listen to him. Amen? 
but it'll always line up with God's word. Everybody say this after me. Say, speak, Lord. I'm listening. So here's the million-dollar question. Here's where our, our journey today begins. If Jesus says this, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they, what, know his voice. And I don't know about you, but sometimes that's a challenging statement. I'm like, are you sure I know it, Lord? Because <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm hearing it right. I'm not real. I mean, you, you make it sound so simple. How many have ever thought about that before? And I don't really think that I know it the way you say I'm supposed to know it. So the question is this. What did he mean when he said, I know it, if I'm struggling to hear it? If I'm not really in tune with what's going on, what did he mean? He said it so emphatically, my sheep know my voice. When you understand the word know, it opens up this entire verse about what Jesus was saying about knowing the verse, knowing his voice. Here it is. It's not in your notes, but I want you to write this down. When Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, this is what he meant. This is what he said. Know means to locate, to discover, to find. To know means to locate, to discover, to find. We can all take a deep breath. Because what Jesus was saying when he said, my sheep know my voice, he was saying to us, my sheep have the ability to locate it. They have the ability to discover it. They have the ability to find my voice in the middle of all the other voices speaking to them. It's so important that we understand that finding and locating the voice of the Spirit of God in you, in the midst of all the other voices around us, is a journey that you and I need to be on. To locate that, to find it. Are you following me this morning? You could actually kind of give an illustration of this, and very simple, but it's, 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 it's true about this. That if, if you're driving down the road and your radio station is just playing static and you're not hearing anything but static and garble and just nothing's coming out and it's all confusing and it's all messy. How I many know you don't call up to the radio station and say, hey guys, y'all got a problem up there. You need to fix your radio station because I'm not getting it on this end. How I many know you don't do that, right? What do you do? You reach up and you take the dial and you put it on the right station. And then all of a sudden, what used to be gargled and what used to be confusing and static now becomes clear, crisp, and clean. Letting us know in that little illustration that God is always speaking. And, and if we're not hearing it right, it may just be because we're not tuned in. We're not dialed in to where that voice is and what it's speaking to us. So one of the things we have to understand as we go on this journey today, that when it comes to locating or, or, or finding or discovering the voice of the Spirit of God speaking to your heart is this, is that there's opposition to it. There is absolutely opposition to the voice of God trying to keep you and I from hearing the voice. So let me just give you three of them real quick. Three oppositions to locating the voice of God in your heart. Because it's in there. It's in there. The first one is this. Ready? Our fast-paced life. 
Some of us are not hearing the voice of God because we are moving way too fast in life. We've got too much going on. We are on emotional ragged edge because our fast-paced life is filled with clutter and we never slow down long enough to let that voice speak to us. Are you with me this morning? We know the story in Luke chapter 10, the contrast between Mary and Martha. Look at what it says right here about, about Martha, about Mary. She had a sister, Martha had a sister called Mary, who did what? Who sat at the Lord's feet doing what? Listening to what he said. And many of us might be thinking right now, maybe God's speaking to you right now, and you're hearing his voice very clearly, you need to slow down. You need to put the pause button on all the clutter. The pause button on all the fast pace, never slowing down lifestyle. Because look what happened. She's listening to what he said. But look at verse 40. But Martha was distracted. The Amplified says overly occupied, too busy with much serving. And you remember, Martha got upset at Mary. She got upset Because Mary wouldn't help Martha, and she took that frustration to Jesus, and basically Jesus said, have a seat. Let me talk to you about this, Martha, because Mary's doing the right thing. She is doing the right thing. She's pushing the pause button and making space for me in her life. Our fast-paced life many times drowns out the voice of the Spirit of God speaking to us. So I just want to challenge you to understand that hurry, hurry is the enemy to the voice of God. Hurry is the enemy to the voice of God. So we have to defeat that obstacle by decluttering, by finding space for Jesus and his voice in our life. We can't treat our relationship with God like a drive through window at a fast food restaurant. Pull up, hurry up, God, talk, I got to go. Flip me a couple blessings, give me some wisdom for the day. Come on, Lord, please. How many know we do that? I do that. I do that. We've got to declutter our life. We have to slow down and create space for Jesus. So we can, here's the second one. Second obstacle, ready? The distracting voices. The distracting voices in our life are an obstacle to the voice of God. Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 when he said, I'm trying to be helpful and make it as easy as possible for you. Not making things harder. Listen, that's, God's not trying to make anything hard. He's trying to make it easier. Not make things harder. All I want for you is to be able to develop a way of life in which you can spend plenty of time together with the master without a lot of distractions. Come on, that would be a life verse for us, right? That's what God's saying. I'm trying to create, trying to help you to get the distracting voices out of your life. Because we all have voices talking to us, don't we? We all do. 
the world around us, our wants and our desires, the devil's talking to us, people are talking to us, circumstances are talking to us, pressure is talking to us, tension is talking to us. All these voices are speaking to us continually. And they are in opposition to the voice of the Spirit of God, the voice of your shepherd wanting to talk to you. In fact, 1 Corinthians 14, you don't have this in your notes, but it says this, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without significance. What that passage is talking about is that every single voice that talks to you, it speaks to you from a position, this is going to set some of us free, I'm the most important voice you have. They all want to make you believe that they are the significant voice. Are you following me? Getting that stuff done. All of the different things. They want to be the significant voice. But what I'm telling you this morning, church, and and, and I'm talking to myself too. We've got to find and locate the voice of God in the midst of all of these other voices. You know, if you go to an Astros game or a Rockets game or whatever, or some kind of sporting event, and you have everybody yelling and screaming and doing what they do, the, the, you can have a person right next to you try to talk to you, and you can't even hear them because of all the emotion and all the racket and all the clutter that's going on around you. And it's the same way with the voice of the Lord. He could be talking to us, but we're not even hearing it. Why? Because we're moving so fast, we've got so much going on, and we've got all these other voices around us. Are you following me? In fact, this is not in your notes, but you might want to write this down. Jesus will not try to out-yell all the other voices in your life. We must silence them to hear him. He's not, gonna, he's, not, he's not in competition. He's not going to be in competition. We have to silence them. Here's the third thing. Third obstacle, the unprepared heart. The unprepared heart can't hear the voice of God. So important for us to understand this. This is a challenge for us, but the reality is our heart has to be prepared to hear the voice. It has to be a heart that is free of sin. It has to be a heart that is free of doubt. It has to be a heart that is free from all the spiritual poison that we can put into us. Are you following me this morning? This is not in your notes, but make a note of this. We cannot fill our hearts with the world and hear the voice of heaven. We cannot fill our hearts with the world and hear the voice from heaven. Because all of that stuff messes us up. It knocks us out of tune with what God is saying. In fact, in Psalms 51, the great uh, psalm of, of, of David's when he was repenting because of his, the sin in his life, he, he says this in, in, the, in verse 8. He said, oh God, help me to hear your joy and your gladness. The reason why he wasn't hearing this in his life was simply because he had gotten into sin. 
He had, he had, the, he had followed the temptation of, of worldly lust, and it had messed him up. And he, had, he was not hearing the voice of the Lord. He was not hearing the voice of joy. He was not hearing the voice of, of gladness. And he recognized that. And he went on, and a couple of verses later, he said this, Therefore, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. The drive behind this passage that we quote a lot, the context is, is that he wasn't hearing the voice of God anymore. He wasn't hearing the, the Spirit of the Lord speaking to him because his heart had been filled with the things of the world and he was wanting God to, to clear it out. If communication breaks down between two people, that breaks down the relationship, right? It breaks down the relationship. Listen, that is why, that is the number one reason why God wants you and I to stay away from the things of the world. Because it becomes an obstacle to the voice of the Spirit of God, which we've already established is the most important voice in our life. And not only is that the number one reason why he wants us to stay away from it, that is the number one reason why Satan is always trying to pull us into the world. Because he knows that if he can do that, we're not going to hear the voice of God. So I want to just challenge us today, church. Let God cleanse you. Stay away from sin. Stay away from anger. Stay away from bitterness. Stay away from unforgiveness. Stay away from pride. And if you fall into it, don't, don't stay there. Let God cleanse you. Let God wash you. Let God restore you. Why? Because you can't hear the voice of God. And that's the most important voice in our life. You don't have this in your, passage, in your, in your notes, but Jesus said this, Blessed are the pure at heart, for they shall see. Some translations say they will perceive God. Some translations say, and they will hear God, a pure heart. There's obstacles to hearing the voice of our shepherd. So we have to create space for him in our life. We have to remove the distracting voices and not, not listen to them. Keep your heart free of the things of the world. Why? So you can locate the voice. So you can discover the voice. Speaking of locating the voice, I am counting down the days until the weather warms up and fishing season begins. Don't look at me like that. Nobody else can see you, but I can. In fact, I was so I was so excited. I went to Academy the other day, and they had this massive this massive sale, and uh, I bought Stacy a pair of wading boots. Yeah, they're they're sweet, man. Because <laughs> she's going weight fishing me with me this year. I'm going to get you a picture. You know right. But here's what I know when it comes to fishing. I love fishing. I've been fishing all my life. Here's what I know. Some of you are going to be better fishermen when y'all leave. Here's what I know. 90% of the fish are always in 10% of the water. Some of y'all have been fishing in that other 80%. 90% of the fish are always in 10% of the water. So what do you have to do? You have to locate them. You have to find them. A lot of people that don't understand how to locate fish, they'll go out, they'll fish, they won't catch anything, and they'll come back saying, you know, man, they just weren't biting today. When the reality is they weren't in the spot where the fish were. You have to locate the fish if you're going to catch them. 
You have to have the right approach. You have to have a game plan. So here's my game plan. Every time I pull away from the dock in the boat, I'm on a fish hunt. I'm going to go locate them. I'm going to go find them. And if I get to a spot where I think they are and they're not biting, guess what we're going to do? We're going to move to another spot. And, and if I get there and they're not biting, guess what we're going to do? We're going to move to another spot. And if they're not biting there, we're going to... Why? I'm trying to locate the fish. Some of us are here today, we want to hear the voice of God, but we're not moving our understanding, we're not moving our believing around, we're not trying different things to try to get this location of God's voice. And in fishing, you have to do that. It's important, and you, you reposition yourself every time if they're not there. You don't spend more than 10 or 15 minutes in a spot fishing, anything, and they're not biting, it's because they're not there. So you move to another spot. Because when you're really fishing, that's the way you do it. That's why they call, maybe you've never heard this phrase before, that's why fishing is known as underwater hunting. Because you're hunting for the fish that are underwater. Listen, God's voice is speaking to our hearts. And we have to hunt it down. You have to have a game plan so that you can locate it. Because there's lots of other voices. There's lots of other stuff going on that's trying to keep us out of it and away from us. So let me just dive into 1 Kings chapter 19. You see that. I'm going to read this story and I'm going to pull something out that's going to help us. We know the story here, but in verse 11, an angel speaks to him and he says, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. So all of these distractions, all of these other voices, all of these other things going, hey, I'm the significant one. I'm the significant one. I'm the one that knows what's going on. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, what? A still, small voice. There was a still, small voice. God's voice is still and it's small. But there's something else that we need to understand about that still small voice that rev will revolutionize your life. The way you find fish, the way you locate them, there are small, subtle signs that are always where fish are. If you know these signs, you can locate fish wherever they are. Sometimes you can locate them by the, the very slight water surface movement. All the water is moving this direction, but you see some water moving this direction. You know there's fish under, under the water. Are you following me? And you can tell that there's fish under the water by the surface movement. Sometimes the, the, the water is real slick glass clean. And you can just see ripples. There's fish under the water. That's where you fish. You locate fish like that. You can locate fish just because sometimes if you've ever been out on a boat or in an area, uh, there's oil slicks that show up on the water. What's an oil slick on the water? Y'all are going to be better fishermen than this, but I want you to get more than that when you leave. 
What are oil slicks on the water? That's where the predator fish where you're trying to catch are feeding on bait fish underneath the water. And because they're feeding on the bait fish under the water, the oils from the water, from the bait fish, they float to the surface and create an oil slick. So if you see an oil slick on the water, there's fish there. That's where you fish. Sometimes you can tell that there are fish under the water because you see bait fish jumping. That's predator fish trying to catch the bait fish. And sometimes you see a mullet and he'll jump up and he'll just kind of, ah. you ever seen that before? <laughs> That's not a predator fish chasing that. That's just a mullet out there having fun. But when you see them jumping out of the water and they're panicking, that's because there's fish chasing them under the water. How many knew that? Man, we, man, we all got to go fishing. My point is this. There are small, subtle signs on the surface level of the water that if you learn to recognize them, if you learn to recognize them, there'll be big fish underneath there. God's voice is still and it's small on the surface level. But don't let that throw you. Because when he heard, when Elijah heard the voice, that still small voice speak to him, look what happened. So it was when Elijah heard it, that still small voice, he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Here's my point. The reason why I share that, that, that illustration with you is this, is that when Elijah heard that still small voice, it consumed him. It consumed him. Small signs on the water can tell you that there are large fish underneath the surface. The still, small voice of God in your notes. When you locate God's still, small voice, it becomes a large and loud in your heart. We need to realize when you locate that still, small voice, when you begin to find it, we're going to talk about what, how to hear it in just a second. It will be large and loud on the inside of you, and you will know without a shadow of a doubt, I have heard the voice of God on the inside of me. But that still small voice will consume you. It does not stay small. But in order to locate it, in order to find it, what we have to do is we have to handle the busyness of our life, the other distracting voices around us, and we need to prepare our hearts by getting it right with God. I got to move. So the reason why the enemy works so hard at keeping us from locating the voice of God simply because what the voice speaks to us when we hear it. Because when God's voice speaks to us, it carries a message to all of us. Let me share, you what, share with you four thoughts on what that voice is saying to us when it speaks to us. It will have these characteristics. Number one, in your notes, it declares truth. This is why the enemy does not want you and I to hear the voice of our shepherd. Because it always declares truth. We're going to look at John chapter 10 and dissect the one we, we, we read earlier in its capacity. Look at what it says. Jesus said, Jesus said, I am telling you the truth. When the Spirit of God speaks to your heart and you hear that still small voice and it explodes on the inside of you, it will be declaring truth to you. It will be declaring truth to you. That's why we need 
to locate it. Why? Because there, if there is a truth that will set you free, how many know truth sets you free? If there is a truth that will set you free, there is untruth that will hold you in bondage. So if we're not hearing the truth of God speaking to us, then we're going to be listening to the wrong voice and we're not going to be free. We're going to be held in bondage. It sets you free. The enemy holds you in bondage. So make sure, this is when you go back to the word, if you feel like the spirit of God has spoken to you, make sure it brings freedom to you. Make sure it's in line with the word of God. Are you with me this morning? When you hear the voice of God, why is it so important for us to hear it? Because not only does it declare truth to you about any area of your life, not only that, it also will define me. God's voice defines you when he speaks to you. Look at what he went on to say in verse 3 of John chapter 10. The sheep hear his voice as he what? He calls his own sheep by name. When God is speaking to you, there will be a relationship aspect to it that he will define you. The reason why it's so important is because so often we listen to voices around us that they're defining us, but they're not defining us in line with the way God says. We're listening to the voices of our past. We're listening to the voice of our experiences, and they're bringing condemnation. They're bringing guilt. Are you following me? The voice of God, when he defines you, there will be an element of who you are and God, who God says you are, he will, that he values you, that you are important to him. When God speaks to you, he will define you and bring encouragement to your life. That's why we need to hear it. Maybe some of us heard that voice while we were in prayer and worship while ago. That you started feeling good about yourself because the voice was defining you. The enemy's voice will condemn you and, and make you feel like a failure and that you're never going to make it through the situation. It defines you. Here's the, the third aspect of the voice of God. It also directs me. We need to hear the voice of God so it can direct our life. Jesus went on to say in verse 4, he says, And when he has brought them out, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. It direct, you need direction in your life. You need to hear the voice of God. God's voice will, will lead you down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Will lead you into blessings. He does not lead you into hard times. He does not lead you into trouble. He directs you down paths of righteousness. He will tell you what to do and he will tell you how to do it. He will tell you how to get from where you are to where you need to be. But we've got to hear that still small voice. And when you hear it, it will explode on the inside of you. He will direct you and tell you what to do in any area of your life. Are you following me this morning? One of the great promises of Scripture that Jesus gave to us is this. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. But listen, if we could be honest, if we're not hearing the voice of the one who will never leave us and never forsake us, then that promise is not doing us a lot of good. We've got to hear the voice of God. We've got to let him speak truth to us. We've got to let him. And you know how I many know sometimes truth is hard, but truth always sets you free. Hear the voice of God that will direct you. Hear the voice of God that, that will define you. 
Here's the next one. When the voice of God speaks to you, it will defend you. It will defend you. In verse 5, Jesus went on to say, A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. A stranger is somebody, and this is the, what this word means, is somebody who's not in the family. Somebody who's not, who doesn't have your best interest at heart. They're not a part of the family. And what Jesus is saying is, is that there is a stranger out there that will come along and it will condemn you, it will run you down, it will beat you up. But the voice of God, when we are listening and hearing the voice of God in our heart, that still small voice that explodes on the inside of us when we begin to locate it and find it in our life, it will lift you up. It will encourage you. It will never condemn you. It will always show you the pathway of truth. Come on now. This voice and hearing the voice of God is so important. Even when the voice of God is disciplining you, it will be a blessing to you. I'm telling you, even when God is saying, you need to stop, you're like, okay, yes, let's stop. It, even, it speaks that kind of encouragement and life to us. The key to a fully life, living a full life, is hearing the voice of God. And we have to, we have to get rid of the distractions. We have to begin to recognize the voice of God that's directing us, that's speaking to us, and stop listening to all those other voices that are doing nothing but wearing us down and beating us up. And listen to the truth of the voice of God on the inside of you. As we wrap this up, let me just give you a couple of more thoughts. If you're going to catch fish, you're going to have to put yourself in the position to catch them. So it is with God's voice. How do, we, how do we slow our life down? How do we get rid of all these distracting voices? How do, we, how do we deal with all the opposition? Let me give you four things real quick. I'm not going to be long. It will put you in position to hear that still small voice on the inside of you that speaks to you but explodes when you hear it. The first thing is this. Ready? Here's the position you have to put yourself in to hear it. Number one, you have to keep your heart full of God's word. You've got to stay full of the word of God. You have to. If we're not full of the word of God, if we're not meditating in the word of God, then you're not going to be in position to hear the voice of the Lord. Look at what Hebrews chapter 4 tells us. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit are the, the thinking processes and the heart. It's the word of God that separates these two things. It separates your thinking from the spirit of God, piercing even the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The only way to separate our reasoning, our thinking, our, 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 the voice of our mind and the voice of the Spirit on the inside of us speaking to us is the Word of God. The Word of God is the only way to separate those two. If we're not full of the Word of God, then we're not going to be hearing the voice of God in our spirit. We're going to be hearing a voice up here that may sound like the Spirit, but it will mess you up. Are you following me? Keep the Word of God in your heart. Number two, what are you going to do to hear the voice of God? You need to spend time in the presence of God. You spend time, slow your life down, spend some quality time on a continual basis in the presence of God. 
Matthew 14, 23, and talking about Jesus. And when he had sent the multitudes away, in other words, when he had gotten rid of all the distractions, all the opposition, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when the evening came, he was alone there. We all need alone time with God on a continual basis so that God's voice can speak to us and we can get accustomed to it and we can uh, get accustomed to spending time with Him on a, on a daily basis. You have to do that in order to get sensitive and to begin to locate the voice of God. Yep, that's God speaking to me. No, nope, that's the pizza last night. No, nope. and you begin to recognize it through practice, through trial, and through error. Some of the things that, that I know about hearing the voice of God is I've learned the voice of God because I made mistakes. And you learn. Are you following me? And you learn from them. You get in the presence of God and God teaches you. Here's the third thing. And I love this is probably one of the most important parts of hearing the voice of God. Be open to hear what he says. Because it is very easy for you and I to take what we want into the presence of God. Come out of the presence of God with, yep, that's what God told me to do. And it's all we did was take what we wanted in it, ask God to bless it, and then just declared that he did and put on what I call the God tag. What does it mean, be open to hear what he says? Look at what Psalms 46.10 says. We know this verse, be still and know that I am God. This word still here is a very interesting word. It means this. Are you ready? It opens up the whole passage. Be still means to stop fighting. Stop fighting with God. If you want to hear the voice of God, when you get into his presence, you have to lay everything down and go, God, speak. I'm listening. It doesn't matter what you say. You get yourself in what I call a neutral spiritual position. That you empty yourself. You empty your heart. You're not struggling with God. You're not asking him to bless something. But you, Lord, speak. I'm open. I, can, I, I want to hear you. I'm not going to wrestle with you. I'm not going to fight with you. I'm, I, and I'm not going to move until I hear. Are you following me? And you put yourself in a neutral position to hear the voice of God. And then he begins to fill your heart with his voice and you'll know it. Here's the, the fourth thing. Be ready to respond to him. Be ready to respond to the voice of God. Sit on the edge of your spiritual seat. God, as soon as I hear you, I'm going. As soon as I hear you, I'm not moving until I hear, but I am ready and willing to obey. Our verse says this, wait. Wait with great expectation on the Lord. Be uh, of, of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. How does he strengthen your heart? When he speaks. So wait until he speaks, but set yourself for the next expectation. My God's going to speak. He's going to tell me what to do. He's going to tell me how to do it. And as soon as he does, I'm up and I'm going to run with it in the name of Jesus. Here's my challenge to you as we close as the prayer partners. If you could slip up out of your seats, come on down. Here's my challenge. I will position my heart and life to hear my shepherd's voice. I'm going to remove the distractions. I'm going to recognize that there's lots of voices coming to me, but I'm not going to listen to them because I'm going to locate the voice of Christ right in the middle of it. And I'm going to keep my heart free of stuff that drowns the voice out. Stand up with me. Lift your hands to the Lord.
Father, we worship you today. We magnify you. Speak, Lord, we're listening. Help us to locate your voice in the midst of all the other voices. Help us to locate, Lord, the voice of our shepherd that wants to direct us, defend us, define us, speak truth to us. Help us to practice this. Let it be a, 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 a journey of pursuit in our life. We're going to learn your voice, Lord. That still, small voice that explodes on the inside when we hear it. With your eyes closed and your heads bowed, the band's going to come back and lead us in a song of worship here in just a second. I encourage you to stay. Don't run out. Stay as we close this service. But if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today's the day to hear the voice that says, come into my kingdom. So if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you'd raise your hand, I would love the privilege of being able to pray for you. Anybody would say, I see that hand. You hear the voice. The voice is saying, I love you. I don't want you to go to hell. I want you to come to heaven. That's the voice of God. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else would join these hands by saying, I want to make Jesus Christ Lord of my life today. I see that hand. A couple of more hands. I see them. If you raised your hand or if you didn't raise your hand and you should have, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now from the bottom of your heart along with everybody else. Say, Jesus, today's the day. I hear your voice. I'm responding to it. I give you my heart from this moment on. Because you died, because you were raised from the dead, I make you my Lord and my Savior. From this moment on, I will serve you. You are my God. I am your child. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap for what he did. The band's going to sing, lead us in a song of worship. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to encourage you to slip up out of your seat. Come down to these prayer partners. Tell them you pray they have some information they want to give you. Or if you need prayer in any other area, let's close this service out this morning just acknowledging God in our life. I'll be right back to close in just a second. God bless.
Father, you are our everything. We love you because you first loved us. Thank you, Lord. Father, we want to hear your voice. Help us to position our life so that we can locate it in the midst of all the other voices because we know it's the most important thing to our life. Father, we just declare that over City Church. You're speaking. We're listening. And we bless your name. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap today. God bless you guys. We love you. Thank you for being here. If you need information about a city group, there's some information out in the foyer. If not, God bless you guys. We'll see you back here next Sunday for service. God bless.